0: Love Talk Radio. Are you ready to rock? Batista with the cat! And Andy Pettit is a stomach pitcher! I don't think he's pleased. Raymond Green looked like Duncan from Shrek. Right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. We're gonna drink a lot of beer tonight. Hey, I'm just here so I won't get fine. I know words. I had the best words. Am I being punked or something? Or... It's time
1: for it. Fanatic Radio. From Studio One Eleven by the Radio Psychonics, I'm the the Country by Bot Talk Radio Little b P sixty. This is fanatic radio. We are the millennial show. I'm your host, Mike Gardner, from the always notorious Ben Flores. We're back after a quick little spring break hiatus. Flo and I are joining you uh live and direct from the nation's capital by way of New York City and or New York State, upstate. Um and still what's is going on. DC. Fans wanna know, Flo, are you in the vicinity of the Capital One Arena for exciting Sweet 16 games to be tipped off tomorrow.
0: Um,
1: I am not in the vicinity
0: of it, but if in the vicinity, I'm in the same town. as in, yes, that's correct. Right. Uh, should be a very uh, exciting weekend here in the Legendary Nations Capital. Uh, and, you know, it's a big deal when the top broadcast crew comes in town, and it's a big deal because the Dukies are in town,
1: and a certain special someone at the top of their ticket. Brilliant. And, uh, yeah, I apologize for the late start, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's been a while since we've done a show, and I think uh, cobwebs and rust affect this show as much as it does anything else. I'm only trying to get the microphone to work, which is, that's a bizarre. I don't know why, but then again, I also am... I, I believe the tournament game has actually started now. You know, like, the I think it's Florida State and some other team. But I'm actually I'm actually in the midst of watching a replay of the Duke-UCF game. I did not see this because I'll get to it later where I was. I was in Martinsville, Virginia, all last week, working the STP 500 race weekend. Brad Kivlowski won, second win of the year. And we, I feel like we've, other than the NCAA tournament, we've missed so much, which we will cover. We'll try our best to cover. For the fans that want to know, Flo, they were uh, waiting with bated breath for your Vegas adventures. Another year, another successful trip in the books to uh, Sin City.
0: Absolutely, yeah, it's always fun. Even when you lose money, as I unfortunately did, uh, but it's still always fun to be in Sin City, in Vegas, in the games, with the boys, hanging out, gambling, drinking, all the fun stuff, all the works, as we ha- as we have you. And plus, you know, there was some big breaking news. I don't know if anyone was paying attention over the weekend that broke while I was in Vegas. And of course, I'm famously a legendary weekend warrior at Fox, so I missed out yeah. on that. And so it was just – just even though – the unfortunate thing is that my bets after that, the Mueller report news broke, my bets just completely went off uh, the cliff and just – I struggled the rest of the weekend and thus ended up <laughs> in the red. So that's
1: okay because who's counting? Right. So that's, yeah, that actually was uh, one of the biggest stories of the year so far. Now that the Miller investigation is complete, fans do have a fan mail question for you, so we'll get to that later in the show. But, there, but but a lot of people, including myself, always wait for how you did in Vegas, any crazy stories. Because if I'm fair in saying last year, you met the uh, the once great defender turned absolute clown, uh, Gary Payton, the glove Gary Payton, at the, uh, what was it, the yeah, that free was- throw shooting contest thing.
0: Yeah, that was uh, two years ago, actually. It was not the most recent time I was in Vegas, but it was the most recent time I was in Vegas f- before this weekend for the NC2A tournament. Um, so that was a very fun time. At the very end, it was just a total con job of getting into that event, not having paid for it at all. Uh, just kind of <laughs> snuck in because the door was open because we thought, oh, guys just shooting basket. And thus here we were, uh, with Gary Payton and Clyde to Glide,
1: and all that jazz. It was fun. It was fun stuff. Any uh, any interesting any interesting cameos for Vegas Flow Twenty Nineteen? Well,
0: there was that one point. I think the first night I was there, we were in the Venetian, and I didn't catch her at first, but. We're pretty certain we walked by Christy Blink- Brinkley, the legendary model and ex-wife mm. to the great Billy Joel. Uh, she was taking a picture, and, and, and then we found out she was indeed in Vegas because she's in some show or something going on. Um, any other actual shenanigans I'm trying to think? I We actually kept it kind of tame uh, for, or well, at least I did, uh, <laughs> staying at the legendary Harrah's. And but I didn't really do. There wasn't really much in terms of chaos, uh, any crazy shit. I'm trying to think if we saw anything or anybody of note. But really, not really as as, perhaps as low key as it
1: could be. It can be (laughs) for somebody in Sin City. I was gonna say any you know any public intoxication, puking in the streets, streakers. Um, definitely a lot of public intoxication.
0: You will find that at all hours of the day, uh, in Las Vegas, people are just completely hammered and no idea how to handle alcohol and thus are just trashed. Uh, you get that all the time because it is, mm-hmm. uh, and you certainly get it uh, expanded upon because of the fact that it's open carry everywhere, except for, uh, booze in glass bottles. But, yeah, you know, Vegas is still Vegas. It's still the same old nonsense and craziness and riffraff, and We hope that never changes.
1: Did you come out in the black? Did you make money off this trip? Uh,
0: I did not. I lost about three-fifths of my cash. <laughs> uh, I pretty, pretty close tabs on my money, but uh, at the end of Friday, I was doing well in about 500, but I was hitting on the big bet I had made. But then over the weekend, I only won two more times. I pushed a couple times and ended up just losing money. So, unfortunately, fortunately did not lose all of my money, which is a good thing, obviously. But we did uh, walk away with less cash
1: than I had before. Are there, is there anyone you want to blame? Any, any certain team in the NCAA tournament? Any player? The refs? Um...
0: Because there, there weren't a lot of upsets in the, the weekend. So I know this is certainly against the spread. So teams I had bet and won a lot of money on. Uh, UC Irvine, won with them the first round, disa- fell apart disaster in the second round. Um, Buffalo, uh, one of the, uh, you know, a team I was a fan of, threw a lot of money on in the second round, lost. Um, Murray State won a lot of money in the first uh, first round, lost and got completely rolled in the second. So there was there really wasn't just 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 not a lot of success really at all across the board, save for a uh, some win. Uh, there, we I only had a couple wins over the weekend. Um, That's the only one win, and it was. An, under, on an over-under uh, I only won once I had two pushes One of which was that LSU game I had that minus two And that was just a total escape job And then the other push was a Liberty plus uh, nine Against Virginia Tech Which I, I thought they were going to be close And that like also was a fight Just to get the nine So we we very well could have gotten to a point Where I was completely over for the weekend Thank God that embarrassment didn't happen but it really was pretty bad. Yeah, that
1: actually poses a good point that you made. There were some some potential, There there's some exciting games in the first round, but then second round, I'd say uh, by by the uh, the Iowa-Tennessee-Duke-UCF game, it's most of the brackets are still alive with and, and with with chalk, with the exception of like Oregon or whoever. Mm. And Almost all the one seeds are still alive. Two seeds are still alive. So all the high, all the high seeds matching, they said matching 2008, I believe it was the last time these major seeds made it. Of course, 2008 was, I'd say in my mind, the greatest year of college basketball when all the one seeds made the final four. And we're seeing that this year where no, there's no loyalist Chicago. Are you surprised or was this everything we thought and then some? I am surprised.
0: that we say for Oregon um, – we really don't have any like those like, kind of big upset teams in the uh, Sweet Sixteen. So as you mentioned, little, uh Chicago, in um, Oregon, I'm not even that surprised with. I picked them to beat Wisconsin. I had UC Irvine mm-hmm. beating them, but ah. I'm not that surprised by that. But then, really, just you know, again, you look at it really across the board. Uh, a lot of, not a lot of upsets in the second round. We had a bunch of, see, we had some close calls. Don't mind you, cough, Duke cough. But for the most <laughs> part, uh, the chalk uh, held up. And for better or for worse, thus we have, uh, again, safer for Oregon, I mean, safer for Oregon, only double-digit seed uh, in the Sweet 16, and then the next lowest is a five in Auburn. So, yeah, I mean, we still got a ways to go, but this kind of when you look at the March Madness thus far, not a lot of really no buzzer beaters at all, and not a lot of uh, the high seed getting and advancing to the second weekend.
1: Well, I like that, and it's I think I think the I'm not, I'm not gonna say the one and done has something to do with it, but it's interesting how the SEC is done so well. That makes you kind of mad because people. It's I, I want. I want to go into depth and say this is this is an, this is an overarching big deal that will alter the, the course of basketball going forward. But it's it's just a phase. I think years like years like this. I will say this. because I think the fans are wanting me just to go off, which I won't. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be tame this show. Most uh, I hate cause I hate it's SEC basketball, but. I look at. I was talking with a buddy from work, and we were talking about how LSU and Auburn have made the C sixteen. Do they deserve mm-hmm. to make it? No, but they. But there's there's a common thread that you will see now, now more than ever going forward, and it kind of started that year South Carolina made the that final four, and Oregon, mm-hmm. the year when they had Jordan Bell, the guy who now plays with the uh, the Warriors, is. It's there's there's gonna be there's forever there's two kinds of teams that make it far in the tournament. There's good basketball teams, and then there's just freakishly athletic squads. If that makes any sense? Because do I think Yale was a better team than LSU? Absolutely. Do I think Murray State was a better team than Florida State? Absolutely. Do I think Wofford was a better team than Kentucky? Yes, but what do all three of those games have in common? All three of those games were potential matchups that could have gone either way, but the team that won just had more of a freakish athletic oeuvre, as, as we like to say. And, and that, I, I think that's sad because the, those are teams nowadays where they know, what they, they know the limitations of what they have. And, of course, the refs aren't going to call tight oh. games much like the NFL, you know, which, we, which we'll get to in a minute, about refs. So that's what you see. And you see these, these freakers, you see these athletic teams just kind of muscle their way to the next round. That's why, you know, you look at Oregon, and I am very confident they could beat Virginia. Just for the sheer fact that UVA is a good basketball team. They're very disciplined. But Oregon is just just has a little bit of that out of controlness. That's when Florida State scored ninety on a team that many had going to the sweet sixteen with this so called Miranda who's supposed to be a lottery pick. It's 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 and then LSU is another one where of course to be fair, to be fair to them, they should have lost to Yale and they should have lost to Maryland, but Maryland also should have lost to Belmont. Because fuck Maryland and Mark Turgeon and that crap team that just coasted through the Big Ten, barely got in the, the dance. So, but, yeah, it's, you're seeing all these athletic teams now sort of rise. It's like athletic teams and then teams with one-and-done players. Uh, cause, because you, you, have, you have your blue chips and then you have your studs. Because you, you, I, look at, I look at South Carolina, the team at Frank Martin, they made the Final Four. I don't even think anyone on that team still plays in the NBA right now. I bet, I bet, they're, I bet, they're, I bet they're gym class heroes, like, like G League heroes. But they're not good, they're not good basketball teams. Um, am I wrong in saying this? Like, I mean, I hate when that happens. I mean, I love it when it happens because I don't like it when there's <laughs> – every every team left – I will say this. I watch every single team play of the 16 that are left. And this is one of the first few years that I'm not pulling hair out of my head. That I'm very excited because I actually watched every single team play. And I can give you a solid reason how every single 16 of those teams are in. Auburn because – Auburn and Oregon and Duke and Michigan State because, ironically, they all won their conference tournament, which is a very big indication of momentum in the NCAA tournament, which I get scoffed at every year when I bring that up. But yet they're still in. And then you look at Gonzaga, North Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky – Probably LSU, Virginia, all of them were within the top ten for a, for a significant amount of time, and then I, and then Florida State, you know they took Duke to the wire, Virginia Tech beat Duke they 're from a good conference the, it, the ACC and the SECs here this year, Michigan always does well. B line always gets the team ready, and I believe that 's sixteen teams right there, so i 'm not mad at the Sweet sixteen. I'm happy with any – I'm happy with any one of those combinations in the Final Four, except Auburn, guess we need to vilify someone. And, and, and you know, and, and shout-out to Houston. As, Houston did not win their conference tournament, but they were in the top ten as well. I I think mm-hmm. Auburn is the team I'm going to vilify the rest of the way, because Bruce Pearl is a cheater and always will be, uh, much like Kelvin Sampson. And yet both those teams still are in the tournament. So, That's right. We love it, and we love Calipari as the scumbag he is. But it's <laughs> they're just good basketball. They're just good basketball players. What seems what seems the most impressive so far for you in the tournament?
0: Well, it's funny because uh, well, you look at all of the number one seats, which are obviously Duke, Gonzaga, Virginia, and North Carolina, with the exception of Gonzaga. All of them really struggled in their 116 games. I mean, Duke was struggling. Virginia was trailing at halftime, or it was, it was really tight. And mm-hmm. none of those games, in the, at least in the first half, were looking particularly strong. Now, we kind of expected, with the impossible exception of Virginia, I think a lot of people still are, uh, have nerves about last year, a tight uh, first half against uh, UMBC that Virginia completely fell apart. But Gonzaga really rolled against Freddy Dickinson. Fairly Dickinson, we love schools from New Jersey, bad team. But still, <laughs> they absolutely mauled them. And then they took on Baylor. Not a particularly strong matchup for, uh, for the Bears. And we do love Scott Drew. But Gonzaga just rolled in that game as well. So I really think Gonzaga, Gonzaga was actually my pre-tournament pick and my bracket pick to win the title. And I, I maintain that, and I stand by that. And I think they've looked great thus far. Uh, when you look at other teams up and down the bracket, when you look at teams still alive. Florida State, I think, it looked really good. They had, they had Vermont hung around a, a longer than people thought. They, uh, a lot of people thought, myself included, they would have. But, you know, against a really good Murray State team with a legitimate future likely NBA, uh, certainly top draft, but hopefully star in John Morant. Uh, Florida State just absolutely lit up Murray State. The Racers were never in the game. And then, one more I'm going to give you. A team that I really like, but I still have them losing to Buffalo. Uh, which, but a team that finishes the season really hot, even though they didn't play well in the Big 12 tournament, is Texas Tech. Chris Beard's done a hell of a job with this team. Mm. They've they've always strong defensively. They've looked really good offensively. And, you know, they... they took care of business against Northern Kentucky, and then they absolutely blasted a very good Buffalo team. So then that's going to be a fa- they have a fascinating matchup against Michigan.
1: Um,
0: that'll be uh, – that is the nightcap tonight, actually. So, you know, if, if I had to pick, put a gun in my head, i think Gonzaga, uh, Florida
1: State, and uh, Texas Tech are teams that have really uh,
0: looked strong thus far.
1: Yeah, let's, let's, not be, let's not forget, I think all three of those teams had the Elite Eight last year. So they're obviously – and Michigan actually made the national championship game. Tech made the Elite Eight. And I, and I want to say Florida State. Florida State did. They knocked off a very good Xavier team last year. So they're all good. Um, North Carolina has been very impressive to me. They've been very impressive to me all season. I'm surprised that Houston is still around. Not the team from the American Athletic that I thought would make it this far. I definitely had high hopes for Cincinnati, considering the tournament weirdly mm-hmm. really gave them like home court advantage all the way till the Final Four, which I thought was bizarre. Um, I'm glad Duke almost lost to VCU because it's 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 the much needed wake up call that every good team needs. So, but these matches these matches are gonna be absolutely flawless. Um, as, as, my, as my dad would quote recorded, he said the best games in the NCAA tournament aren't the Final Four, but uh, the 316 Elite Eight games. Because mm. you're, you're forever immortalized. You're ever immortalized with a Final Four banner. But if you lose in the Elite Eight, you know, regional final, that looks so high schoolish and ugly. Who was uh,
0: your biggest disappointment? Cincinnati uh, is definitely up there. They didn't even make it out to the first round against Iowa. Iowa then back really hard in their second round game. They were in a deep hole against uh, who did they play? Iowa play. They were in the Tennessee. Iowa. Uh, correct.
1: Is that overtime? Over
0: overtime game against Tennessee. Exactly. They were down deep. Classic Rick Barnes. Tennessee falls apart, and
1: then uh,
0: Iowa, but then Iowa uh, was not able to get it done in the end. But Cincinnati was a team I almost, I initially was going to put them in the Final Four because I thought they may have been underseated, a really strong club, a great defensive team, and I just did not like that bracket at all. And I am not a mm-hmm. fan of – uh, I was not a Tennessee fan, and they're kind of proving it by not looking particularly strong right now against Purdue uh, in the Sweet 16. Uh, but then Cincinnati looked awful, completely fell apart, against an Iowa team that I don't think was any good. So Cincinnati, very disappointing. Um, really weren't a lot of high seats that were disappointing because a lot of the high – basically all the high seats advanced. Um, teams that I thought potentially could have been interesting. Uh, the, the, the Belmont losing to Maryland, they fell apart kind of down the stretch, and then they hung around, but they couldn't get it done. Uh, Buffalo's second round performance was uh, the second round performance is from the two uh, potential Cinderella teams, if you will. Buffalo and, and Murray State, they both got ran out of their respective gyms in the second round uh, and uh, contest. And you um, see, Irvine in the second round, I was kind of disappointed, but they weren't disappointed because I I had them as a potential Cinderella going into the Sweet 16, but really. I would say any most disappointing team. I would say Cincinnati because just the way they fell apart, which was just completely
1: unnecessary, mm. and again, not to a good team. Well, it's two years. It's two years. They lost. They're the ones that lost to Iowa, right? Mm hmm. I, I I was the big mistake. Um, early thumbs down to me. I had in one of my brackets. I had Cincinnati making the final four because, like you said, they're very good defensively. Um, I I thought they would fall into that just athletic enough to make a run category. Um, I should have realized that they were in the American Athletic, which is a god-awful basketball conference. And that's the second year in a row where they've just completely collapsed. So we love it, Cronin. But we'll just just I don't know. They're not – I was disappointed. I was also disappointed Iowa State. They lost to a god-awful Ohio State team fresh oh. off their – Vixle tournament win. Where I'm thinking
0: they're gonna carry
1: this momentum. Hilton Magic. It was they, it was in, I believe it was in Tulsa. So only about an hour drive, only about a few hour drive away from from Hilton Magic, and they lost. Um, I was mad at the tournament seeding Wofford as a seven seed. I think if they would have got an eight nine seed, they would they would have probably knocked off whoever the number one team they played the next round. Mm-hmm. But no, they had they had to play them against Kentucky. Like if they played Michigan State or I don't know who else was it, but they would have lost. Uh, another team that made me angry, Villanova. The uh, the fact that they only not only lost to a a, a mediocre Purdue team, but they got pounded as a defending national champs, Big e tournament winners. Um, I don't know what happened to them, but I, uh, but yeah, Auburn, yeah, Auburn and. Purdue are like my two randos that are left in the sixteen because the Big Ten, the Big Ten was a good conference, but I wouldn't say it was a great conference this year. And and Bruce Bruce Pearl's a clown. The NCAA is only milking this uh, to get Sir Charles Barkley fired up. If he's an Auburn grad. And by the way, early thumbs down to CBS because they're milking they're milking that way too much as well. But the tournament games going on now. Because who who is who is in Purdue's bracket if they win tonight? Virginia. Oh, so they play the UVA Oregon match. Okay. Because the thing with Purdue is they. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose because they've capped out of their best game. Like usually teams do that. Like they'll play an amazing game and there's no way lightning strikes twice. I don't know. I never watched Purdue at all this season. Actually, I did. I watched them lose. I watched them beat Michigan State in the in the regular season. Random Fox game. Shout out to Bill Rafferty, Gus Johnson. Yeah, I only <laughs> watched them once. The only time the only time I watched Auburn was when they won the SEC tournament, and I only half hardly watched that because I was at the Genesee Brew house with my aunt and uncle on that Sunday, of, uh, of of the selection show. Other than that, I watched most of those. I watch most of those teams play, so we'll have our we'll have our final four predictions next week. But more games on tonight, and I'm looking forward to it. The will see the Tournament action rolls forward on the family of Turner Networks. We'll take a break while fan mail. We'll talk some uh some hilarity on the flip side of the NFL. And uh, any, any, other, any other big story? Oh, an opening day! Baseball, flow sport. Our, our, the show's favorite sport kicks off. Bryce Hopper is a Philly. Yankees are Vegas' favorites to win the World Series. Will they be able to get Flow's opinions on that next? You're, watching, you're listening to Fanatic Radio. It's fanatic radio. It's, it's fanatic radio. We all thought about having sex with Mickey Mantle. It's the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors.
0: Hi, this is Ben Floyd from Fanatic Ready here for Clint Texas Salsa. Best stuff around, get the hot flavor for a good kick. Next time you're in the Salsa, Iowa, your local grocery store, pick Clint Texas Salsa and tell them Flo sent you.
1: Every day is filled with a million reasons to give. Every moment is an opportunity to send a smile. From birthdays to get well days, there's always a reason to send a smile with 1-800-Flowers.com. It's is Fanatic Radio. It's the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors. Fanatic Radio on Block Talk Radio. My God, i Ben Florence. We are Fanatic Radio, the millennials show. BlockTalkRadio.com, people 360, all our social pipes to Fanatic Radio. Opinions oh. are our own and not endorsed by the registrar or the management. Currently, (laughs) I'm watching NCAA tournament action, not current games. I'm actually watching – I'm finally finishing up watching the the last 45 seconds of this Duke-UCF game, Um, maybe tomorrow before the next slate of exciting Sweet 16 matchups. I will watch the Tennessee-Iowa game, because so far those have been the only exciting games of the tournament. I'm just kidding. There's been other exciting games. Uh, There's been other games that have made me mad. What my problem is, I my bracket was destroyed because I was very antsy and picked a lot of upsets because of last year. Okay, so i not in the ball right now. I gotta see what happens. Okay, so he pushed off and then he gets found. And he got an one, unbelievable. Shout out to the ref for not calling <laughs> an offensive foul. Again, this is what I'm talking about, though. That play that everyone's wondering um, was is that an offensive foul? Probably, but definitely no because he never extended the forearm. But that's what I'm talking about. The refs aren't going to call it in the last minute of the game. So there you go. That's why it seems like that's why it seems like LSU have advanced, and Auburn have advanced, and Kentucky have advanced. Yeah. But that's, that's absolutely laughably. I see, got freaking n one, like 14 seconds left, and now now I get to watch the exciting tip in that UCF doesn't. Do. But with with so much basketball. Uh, we'll take, we'll take a, a side step in college basketball. We'll go to baseball opening day. You're excited, you Your Yankees are Vegas odds to win the whole thing. Yet, with, uh, with a couple of the acquisitions of the pinstripes that you guys got in the off season, uh, Trevor Story among the, among others. Boston Red Sox have stayed the same. Are they still are they still public enemy number one, or are there other teams that can be in the mix to uh, be good this year? Well, I think, yeah, when you
0: look at the um, um, yeah, ALEs, really the AL. I think a lot of the contenders uh, are going to be uh, in the mix yet again. You know, New York Yankees uh, should be strong once more. They're apparently the better favorites. I don't know if I'm willing to go that far because I would love for them to actually win the World Series, and they feel like if I'm Yankees hey, are going to win the World Series, pal, like that may not happen. So Yankees in the mix. Uh, Red Sox should be uh, Strong again Uh, You look at um, Central Cleveland probably still the best Team in that division out west uh, Houston should should Be terrific as well so but I don't I mean at least From my vantage point Seems like we're going to have Almost more of the same at least in the AL NL could be wide open as it was Last year but It should be fun to watch should be a fun Season
1: Make you sad that that baseball is predictable again this year? Well, you know, always, we we I
0: feel like we always think like, oh, base uh, season's predictable, but then sometimes it isn't. So hmm. it's just you know, it would be pre- I would like it for it to be predictable that so then the Yankees can go yeah. deep into the postseason because that's what I want. But hmm. it, it's just it, always, there always are teams that surprise, or teams that the extra Saints will be sleepers that don't end up doing anything, and then vice versa, the teams that aren't expected to do anything end up being sleepers. So it's a very long way to go, but it should be fun, and it's fun to get it all started today. Well, technically last week because of the games in Tokyo, but
1: still. Yeah, what do you, what do you, what do you make of that? Our national pastime is being second banana to the Japanese. Well, I mean, we've, they've done
0: that before. like start uh, the, the again, a series a week early. Uh, I remember the Yankees did, I think, at uh, Tampa Bay 15 years ago, about earlier. Uh, so the, the Yankees have done that. Because I remember getting up in uh, like the middle of the night, it was like 6 o'clock in the morning. like, oh, the Yankees are on because they're playing in D- Japan. So it's a yeah. little weird. The Yankees will actually have a, a series, uh, I think only a two-game series, in London where they're playing uh, Boston Red Sox. That should be fun. Uh, that's later in the season, but it should be very interesting uh,
1: to see. Yeah, I mean, I do like I do like the shout out to uh, Ichiro, friend of the show. Because we love him. Um, I just hope he's done with baseball, please. I, I I can't I can't I can't stand of him more because I think he's just going to disintegrate on the field. However, as we we sat the last eight seconds of this. UCF play. First off, thumbs up to my dad and mom. They actually saw UCF play this year against the uh, the inevitable SMU, Mustangs. And they saw Houston this year and Cincinnati. Wow! I thought don't travel he didn't call an R.J. Barrett when he got the ball. Anyway, uh, baseball, yes. So, what do you think of Bryce Harper? A great, great poll came out the other day. 62% of his peers <laughs> Think he's overrated? Do you agree? Disagree? Should it be higher? Should it be 100 percent of his peers?
0: Well, I, I think I think there may be a little bit of jealousy, especially now that to think that now that he's had his big contract signing. But I don't. Think, I wouldn't consider him to be overrated. I think he had a disappointing season last season, but he's still a tremendous player, spectacular player, a really fun player to watch, and a legitimate star. So I don't consider him overrated. I can see why people don't like him, why they don't like, you know, the, the slick back hair and kind of the, the high energy, uh, loud personality, if you will, or certainly a player that plays loud. You know, you, look, you watch Mike Trout and he doesn't necessarily, quote unquote, play loud. Like he, he seems like more like to himself, not like, you know, running around screaming like Bryce Harper does, which is what I love because I'm kind of like that as well. Uh, you know, except argue, people would argue more obnoxious, but that's, that's neither here nor there. But I'm <laughs> a big Bryce Harper fan. Would have been cool if he came to the Yanks. Obviously, he was not to be. This should be a really fun Philadelphia team. They had a, a, a strong start. You know, they got a lot of the talent They got Nola. They got some young hitters. Fun stuff. That's the key reason why, I presumably, why really he went there, because they have all these pieces to really do some damage. So they should be fun to watch and definitely a contender in the senior circuit.
1: Because they were actually a good team last year, that completely blew up at the, the All Star break. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to boo him with the uh, with the intensity of a thousand suns. Nothing nothing would bring nothing would bring me more joy than that. Um, I will say this as a pseudo diehard Cubs fan, by vicariously through my dad, which I am going to eventually become the heir to the throne. Of of all all things, Chicago sports. I am very nervous for them. They did nothing in the off season, and meanwhile, every every team else in their division has loaded it up like the freaking Monstars. So the Cubs are in trouble. I feel sad. I feel sad because this is going to be um, complete complete scapegoat for Madden, which I don't think is fair and justifiable because they didn't have Chris Bryant at all the majority of last year. Mother Nature was a bitch and snowed out, like, the first few weeks. So the Cubs had to play, I think it was, like, 80 straight games without rest. So that, that hit that him in the mouth in the play, come playoff time. Uh, Hugh Darvish was hurt. Uh, Kyle Hendricks was hurt. And... Oh, yeah, uh, Addison Russell was fighting with the Players Association and the Me Too movement. So, Cubs have their complete backs against the wall. They're going to look garbage this year. Brewers have their number. It makes me very sad because now the Cubs will slowly reduce to the Cubs of old, which no one wants, which no one likes. But that – and he also pleads the Reds and the Cardinals are – I don't know, everyone's saying they're good. Um, that's my division to watch this year. Uh, Any laughable franchises, you know, Derek Jeter, and the Marlins, and, and whoever else wants to join that list. Uh, yeah, because we, talk, we talked about we talked about CC Severino, all those guys. What do you make of Mike Trout's contract? seem to be the richest man alive, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett money for playing on a team that I think has made the playoffs once in his career.
0: Well, hey, you know, <laughs> how much money is he getting again? I don't remember off the top of my head,
1: but I think it was, yeah, we, we get our we get our stat crew on it, but I I read somewhere he's going to be making like sixty thousand at a, a per plate appearance, which is more than I make in a year, which is why this country is going to the dogs because we're letting this. We're letting this happen. Uh, $430 million across 12 years. Flo, what could you do with that kind of money? Is he worth that oh, kind of money? Oh, gosh. Um, $40
0: million. For, for For Trout? Um, Trout is absolutely worth that kind of money. If not, you can make the case, if you want, that he would be underpaid. Because Mike Trout is, is again, statistically, the best player we've had in, like, like in decades, I know he has, you know, uh, you know, barely any. If any, I don't remember the time I had playoff experience. I get that, but statistically, we don't see guys like this come out and just be MVP candidates right out of the bat, and maintain that excellence and at times exceed it. So. Absolutely, he's worth it. every single penny. And I think it's important for the Angels to show because I think there was definitely fear that, oh, he was going to end up coming, you know, he's going to end up going to Philadelphia, although maybe not as much with Bryce Harper. But, hey, you never know where the money comes from. Uh, you know, there's always money in the banana stand. Uh, Wayne mm. Um
1: Shout out to or him. Or the Yankees
0: or what have you. So, yes.
1: Are you a fan of that
0: show? Um, I've been, you know, I just found out there's new episodes, like the new season, like they did the second batch of episodes for season five, uh, literally just like uh, maybe ten months after the initial batch. So I saw that in my Netflix. I was watching Catching Up with Jane the Virgin, and but then I was like, wait, there's new episodes? No, that's not right. But then it turns out there are, so I have to watch that next. So we shall see how that goes. But yes, I am a fan. The network run was great. Season four not particularly good. Season five, at least the first portion that I've seen, definitely was better. But we shall see. We got a few more.
1: I want to I want to get into it, but I I want to watch the original ones, not the Netflix ones, because all right, we we actually covered we actually covered the show once. On this show, because there was beef among the cast with all the with all like hidden secrets and, and the Netflix show itself. So, yes, it's just a deal with the good, the, other, other than Jason Bateman, which we love, um, there's the guy, I don't know his name. Is it, I think it's, maybe it's Jeffrey Trainer, the bald guy who uh, is probably in, in other shows that I don't care about, but he's most no, notably for me. It is the dad in the Hangover series and in some very hilarious commercials for Sabra Hummus, the hummus of the NFL. So that is that is great. Um, but, yes, we have fan mail. Baseball season is among us. We'll be talking that nauseum nauseam because there will be storylines because we cover baseball as much. We cover baseball and flows Yankees, as much as Rogers. And the pack. Jordy Nelson retires. Was it? Should he have? First of all, should he have never left the Packers? And one of uh, one of the one of the uh, good players on the Super Bowl winning team in in your lifetime with Aaron Rodgers. So sad that uh, Jordy Nelson is gone. Well, no. Uh, I mean,
0: he left last season. And while we love Jordy Nelson, he had terrific chemistry on the field with Aaron Rodgers, and he was a great player for a long time. Uh, he, especially that last season, wasn't as strong as he had been, um, and it was, uh, not worth the money he was getting, so the, I think the, the franchise made the right decision to let him go, uh, and then he went to Oakland, wasn't particularly strong there, but, you know, it was what it was, so, uh, in terms of Jordy Nelson, uh, you know, i you love the guy, but, and I know Aaron Rodgers is not happy about it, but I think it was time. I think it was the right call. Well, we could the Packers have used him last year? Uh, probably, but I don't know if we'll necessarily miss him uh, or at least will miss him further. Uh, and then you got Clay Matthews who uh, just left as well, which, again, I wasn't particularly surprised that his sack numbers, you know he's played some inside linebackers, his sack numbers have not been that great. In recent years, it kind of declined, and he was making a lot of money to get sacks. So I think, uh, you know, again, a tough call. And you know what it is? Always is a tough call. when you got these key guys. They're part of the Super Bowl team. Uh, you know, they've been part of the key pieces of the franchise for years. But, you know, eventually it's tough. But eventually these things uh, do have to come to an end.
1: And your boy um, Randall Cobb, I believe, joined uh, my Dallas Cowboys. That's right. Yeah. So so stay tuned. Stay tuned for more Yankees and Packer talk, because <laughs> that will be all over the place. Um, speaking of NFL, the Raiders have made some uh, some big boy moves since the last time we were on the air. Is this a team? And so, Jay, yeah, the Cleveland Browns, which team is on the faster crash course to disaster, silver and black or the dog pound? I'm
0: going to say the silver and black only because, you know, Odell Beckham, you know, yeah, he had the issues as the quote-unquote diva reputation, but, and he's going to a franchise. You got Baker Mayfield, who we love. Uh, we also got a new yep. head coach. Um. So, but I don't. Think, I think that you know the expectations could be very high, high, think Ben, for the Browns ever since they came. They since they were relaunched in 1999, because you got a, a team that's terrific offensively down the stretch, and you're adding Odell Beckham to that mix. And it's going to be really fun to watch. I think it's got to be the Raiders. I love Antonio Brown. Um, we'll see. You know, the season could be goofy because they're still at Oakland. John Gruden's a goofball, as we know. So, who knows how that may play out. But I think the easy answer is Oakland.
1: You know, I'm think i going to say the Browns, because the Raiders are already Mm. bad. And they're just going to get added. They're in a division that is is impossible to win. Because Kansas City and the Chargers both had, I think it was like 12-plus win seasons, and went deep into the playoffs. Broncos have Joe Flacco. So We're not how that's going to go. Um, it has to be the Browns because the Browns have the furthest to fall, if that makes sense. And they're playing in a division that is that is roll on the floor laughing because the Steelers are completely overhauled with all the troubles and drama that they've had. Big Ben's a hack. Le'Veon Bell is gone. Mister Big Chest Antonio Brown is gone. So their offensive production is going to suck. Then you got the Ravens who are going to just try the Lamar Jackson experience for an entire season. NFL is going to scout them. Uh, then you got the Browns or got the Bengals who were just there last year. So Cleveland, if anything, they're going to have so much hype. It's and every loss is going to be a blame. I cannot wait. Just they're they're coached by some man, and I can't wait to see how he reacts. When you have to deal with Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield, all divas, all absolute a holes in their own right, uh, and in a city that that just hates life in general, so Cleveland Browns have to be the one to uh, to take the, to take to slide the furthest in terms of, of in terms of height. Uh, that actually kicks off our fan mail. Uh, actually, kicks off our fan mail question. And so, we continue. We stay in the NFL, yes, um, your, boy, your boy, Cliff Kingsbury, is recommending cell phone breaks for his team. Is this the dumbest thing you've seen, or is, this, is he a quiet genius for this ingenuity?
0: It's a goofy idea. I can get the rationale behind it because I think that, listen, a lot of these guys going to be on the phone, Um really all the time, and it is a distraction. So I think there's a thought process of, hey, you know, let's let's see how it goes, you know, and, you know, if you need to go out and get on the phone, this is your time to do it. And so, and I kind of like the idea of breaking up meetings that guys, you know, because, you know, if you're in a meeting, if you're, you know, from being in class, like you're in a class for like two and a half hours, you can't look at your phone. Yeah, you'd have a, if, even if you have a break. You know, I, you know, toward the end, you're like you're starting to doze off looking we'll at the phone. I think kind of breaking the meetings up. I think it's an an, an intriguing idea, particularly with how short attention spans we have these days.
1: Yeah. I, could King, very close to never be an NFL coach. And <laughs> well, yes, this, this idea is so. This idea is so ridiculous because it'd be one thing if he tried it and Texas Tech was good, but last time I checked they were bad. So this is this is just only an indication that we've lost our way as society. The reason the reason why the Patriots won the Super Bowl because they follow a very old school approach because old school works. It's just done properly and well. I mean, you're the Arizona Cardinals, so you're already a trash franchise as it is. Um, you know, you ain't, you ain't winning. Also, early thumbs down to the March Madness app. I cannot access any games. So I'm gonna have to watch it on my computer, which is exactly oh, why I, I want a 43 inch TV to watch a spinning wheel on a black screen. Shout out to technology comes down to the cable provider um, or fan mail, of course. To the NBA we go. Let's all the other basketball. Uh, does, uh, we've, we've mentioned James Harden's scoring, and the Rockets are not in first, but the Warriors and the Nuggets are at the top. But the other day, Giannis and James Harden faced off against each other. Uh, does James Harden's scoring devalue the Rockets as a team, or do those critics not have an argument to stand on? I'm sorry. Can you ask that question again? I have an issue here. Does Is James Harden's scoring basically devalue the Rockets knowing that everything goes through him? I don't think so because A,
0: he's the, the key player in the team and obviously everything runs through him. But I don't think that means the rest of the players are unimportant. A, even though uh, Harden has been spectacular this season, has really upped his game to just an even further elite status. But, you know, he still can't score every point, do everything on his own. So while, even though he's still rocking and rolling by himself, he still absolutely needs to help with his teammates to kind of uh, uh, take the pressure off him because he's not going to be able to just go off, over, off, and crazy like crazy all day, all game.
1: Well, what's sad about all this is is the NBA is so cruel that it's a seven-game series, so who knows. Um, we are a few weeks away from the close of the NBA season. What are your thoughts on the Lakers officially being eliminated? Is this the beginning of the end for LeBron James?
0: You know, I should have seen this coming because um, because of the fact that even though I kept saying, yeah, I think the Lakers will still get there, they kept losing, they kept falling apart, and then it just fell got to the point where they were just completely done. It's obviously disappointing uh, for the Lakers and certainly for LeBron because even though he's not really – I mean, he wants to win a title – but that's not the sole reason why he's playing with the Lakers. So, because he wanted to go to L.A., he wanted a Hollywood career, he wanted to do this, he wanted to do that. And that's fine, and I have no issues with that, uh, frankly. But, obviously, it's disappointing, and there's going to be some big changes coming forward. I wouldn't go so far as to say LeBron is, uh, you know, it's the beginning of the end. He's obviously on the back end of his career. We know that. We also saw some uh, – some, uh, You know, kind of kinks in the armor, if you will, because he was hurt for the first time, for an extended time, for the first time in his career. So, is he going to be as healthy as he's been in the past? It's too early to tell, but it's going to be a really critical off season. Seems highly likely that Luke Walton is done, uh, rightly or wrongly. And they got to bring in new guys around them because the current crop they got is just not enough. And those those goofballs they signed Michael Beasley and Javale McGee and Lance Stevenson and Rondo. It's just been a yeah. bizarre mix that really has not worked
1: out. Yeah, I I am not surprised. I never thought they were going to make it anyway because he's a good player, but when he's on a bad team with bad players, it's it's bad. Because I think it, at least that the Lakers were somewhat experienced, you know, like Brandon Exingro and Kyle Kuzman weren't, you know, two-year vet, two-year veterans. I think the Lakers might have had a shot. Problem was, he goes to the West. It was completely stacked, loaded, and everyone – and, you know, when you come in and make an entrance like you do, everyone is, is going to watch. It's basically going to beat you up every single night. So – I'm excited on the playoffs because maybe I'll actually watch the playoffs and be interested and invested on who's going to make the finals this year. Um, lastly, before we go, before we go to thumbs up, thumbs down, NFL is to, is, is looking into adopting Sky Judge. Is, is football slowly cannibalizing itself with so much emphasis on getting it right that it's it's going to end up ruining the game even further?
0: Well, again, the problem here, as we know, is that once you introduce replay at all, it's very hard to kind of spend the time. We've seen this in all sports, and rightly or wrongly. You have this technology. You can look at plays, you can look at calls, and determine whether they got it right or wrong. I like the replay call uh, or the challenge decision on pass a the key reason why is because, unlike basically every other penalty in the NFL, it's a spot foul. So you can have a 50-yard pass interference call that completely changes the game. So yeah. the, and, and we saw in the, the Saints-Rams uh, game, that completely changed the game to an, the lack of a call because they were in a position to wear – they could not uh, execute after that. And it it came right. it wasn't the sole reason why the Saints lost so all the goofy New Orleans fans can calm down.
1: <laughs> uh, you know,
0: people like it, the Senate, like running on the floor, saying this is outrageous, They got to do something. It's, like, it's not the referees' fault. Yes, they screwed up the call. We all know that. Not that it was not their fault that the Saints blew a major lead. In the game. Mm. So, but at, I at think home. this is a, exactly in the superdome. So, I think this is a good decision. I liked it because, hey, pass interference or no pass interference, very critical because of the spot foul.
1: We can argue
0: whether it should be a spot foul or not, but when a, a play is like that and you can literally just move the ball down the field because of a bang bang call by the referee, and importantly, a non-call by a referee. That's a big difference, and that's a big step that I was not really expecting the league to take because generally you challenging penalties, that's one thing, but challenging non-penalties, that's another thing. But I think if you move in the right direction, I think, again, you know, once you open Pandora's box with replay, it's very hard to close, it. Mm. so we can probably expect a little more
1: liberalization, if you will, on that topic going forward. Yeah, we've seen, we've seen it in uh, you know, soccer at the VAR at Sprever the international football. Um, we've seen it in college basketball a lot. They're going to the monitor nonsense. Shout out to Gene katie by the way. In the stands for the Tennessee-Purdue game. I'm surprised he's still alive. I thought he'd die, but oh, whatever. He's He's just there. Um shout out to the Dump by the way. I think Carson Edwards, I cannot name you a single player on this team. Uh but that that's actually part of my thumbs up later in the show. I hate it. I think again, I think I mean the NFL is not perfect and football's slowly dying in this country, so why make it worse? Just go I'd say just go ball i say screw it, just go balls to the wall. Because what yeah, it's what's gonna happen is uh, there's, there's interesting stat I believe our good friend in the PTI had it. Uh Tony Corn is a friend of the show. He was saying something along the lines of, like, only about 6% of, of penalties are pass interference. Like, I've made a low, like, 10% are pass interference. But 70% of those pass interferences end up dictating the outcome of a game. So, sure. yeah, that's when – and refs are going to call it. We, I just got done ranting about it in basketball because – They'd rather do a no call to then just correct themselves later than do a Then make a decision that they're gonna be forever haunted by the rest of their life by yeah. fans of just complete. By, by, by as you say, the, the great Ben Florence, the complete jabronis out there. So I think it's a disaster. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna end well. Um, my thing is. I I really I mean I I really don't give two shits about the NFL anyway, so I'm just gonna laughably watch it. I'm just gonna let laughably just watch it just crumble down. As a uh, shout out to Kai Nachumero with an awesome slam dunk. Nachumero did if, no if, if that kid goes undrafted, I will fight the next person I see on the street. So stay, so stay tuned for some violence. Oh. Um. Yeah. Oh, the, oh. Yeah. Then, of course, um, final thumbs up, final thoughts up thumbs down is uh, we, well, we, we shift gears to politics. flow forte. Where does where does the, uh, the we talked about the budget last time we were on the show. Now the Mueller investigation. Uh, I'm I'm assuming is over. But where do we go? Where do we go from here in terms of the administration? Because it seems like now we're in this lim- we're in this limbo period where we, 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 did, we finished talking about immigration. Uh, we finished talking about
0: mm-hmm.
1: Russian collusion. What's, what's, the ne- what's the next buzz topic that we're going to see in the next few months, and where do we go from here? Uh,
0: it's a great question. The Mueller report, if not, I mean, the, the Mueller submitted his report. his team is still doing some work. They still got some grand jury action, but Mueller is effectively done. Now the, the struggle is just going to be how much, if we ever do, read any portion of the Mueller report. So that is to be determined. As to what's next on the docket, it seems like it, it really immediately nobody really knows why the Republican Party and the Trump administration, specifically I should say the Trump administration, not the Republican Party, wants to pick a fight with the Democrats again about health care. And healthcare was not an issue that won the Republicans really any votes in 2018 20, uh, midterms. They lost 40, potentially 41, depending on another special election, uh, House seats. And while they, they did lose uh, seats in the Senate, they also gained uh, a couple seats in, in the uh, Southwest in Arizona in the uh, even though they ultimately lost one more than they had. But it seems like the, the discussion of uh, uh, health care was – a lot of Republicans really weren't wanting to have, because, again, the Republicans really got hammered in the midterms effectively over the issue of health care. And the Republicans failed efforts to repeal and replace Obamacare. And they're struggling to come up with any sort of replacement plan. So that really seems to be kind of like what's next on the docket. But, again, and for better or for worse, it's just how things operate. You know, the president, can just fire up his Twitter account. Things something absolutely crazy and completely changed any and all discussions on anything uh, to whatever he chooses to tweet or ever wisely uh, such a decision is made.
1: Yeah, so that's 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 our political hot take as we see a a great defensive stand by Tennessee. Oh, a timeout. That was a foul. I was like, good call ref. Um... Where's the theme? Where's the theme? It's not the best part of the show. You
0: cannot be oh. serious.
1: But it's time for thumbs up, thumbs down. That's right. What was good? What was bad in the world? Ow. Sports, life, politics, love, who knows? You name it, we got it. I have a couple thumbs up, thumbs down. flow, I know you do as well because you survived Vegas, intact, uh-huh. no tattoos. So what? What was up? We, we, have, we have several weeks of thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> Yes. Uh,
0: thumbs up. Uh, i got a couple of thumbs up I'm going to start with, uh, mostly because I, I just forgot what my thumbs down was. Uh, I read a couple of books. Uh, the first thumbs up is to reading, because I read a couple of books, finished two books uh, on the way to mm. and from Vegas. The first book I finished was a book called Angler. If you know the movie Vice, about Vice President Dick Cheney, this kind of was the inspiration to Adam McKay to make a movie about Dick Cheney. Really fascinating read about the shady vice presidency. And look at the Bush presidency by a really quality reporter, Barton Gelman, of the Washington Post. If you're a political uh, uh, enthusiast like I am, A, that's probably not a good thing. But B, check out Angler by Barton Gelman. Second uh, book I finished, which, of course, got to read it if you're from New Jersey, uh, Born and Run by Bruce Springsteen, his autobiography. Uh, really mm. fascinating book. You know, a lot of cool old school stories about you know certainly from his generation, um, and like I, I you know, really kind of was like right before the baby boomers, right before the 47. But like you know growing up you know in South Jersey, and car culture and getting into a band and you know kind of taking off and getting, hitting started. Very fascinating stuff. Second so thumbs up is going to go to uh, the makers of All Birds. I now have not one, but now a second pair of Albert's. I got these slippers, uh, which are kind of like they're equivalent to a boat shoe. So you can wear without, you can wear any Albert with a sock, but a lightweight shoe, kind of fashionable. Uh, so check those out as well. We love Albert's. Thumbs up to that. And uh, thumbs down is going to go to, uh, where was it? Thumbs down is going to go to do I have something prepared and now I do not. So, thumbs down is going to be to the fact that it's taking us too long to do another show. So, thumbs down, Mm -hmm. I guess, to the two of us. Uh, And because I, you know, I had something planned, I don't remember it off the top of my head. So, that's how the, uh, the cookie crumbles here on Fanatic Radio.
1: Well, if you think of it, feel free to cut me off. Um, my early early, th- early thumbs up were to my mother, who visited us two weeks ago, hence why we couldn't do a fa- uh, fanatic radio then. And the same time last week, I was in Martinsville, covering, helping out the PR staff down yes. the hill. first time First time ever at the track. Great facility. I mean, I wouldn't say great facility, but it's cool because it's stoic, it's rustic and it's historic at the same time. Um, a half mile of mayhem which apparently is not a half mile, it's like a half mile and changed. Um, it was very cool, meet the people, got to schmooze with the media as always. I was on care center duty so that was kind of fun, got to watch Rowdy win a truck race and that's like an ass as always. Um, it's cool because it's a nestle, Martinsville is a very small town In fact that this track is like in a neighborhood. So it goes, you know, it goes houses, elementary school, gas station track. And there's, there's a couple of houses around, around the facility, which those people actually pay rent to Martinsville Speedway to Clay Campbell. So it's that's, that's cool. Um, actually, yeah, part of the thumbs up, thumbs down. What do you make of the NASCAR the new NASCAR schedule, 2020? Oh, that's right. Um, Thumbs up, I would
0: say, in this case, to NASCAR for making a lot of major changes. Like, like the way, you know, NASCAR, I think, has kept so comfortable with itself. They moved some dates around, but they really weren't interested in wholesale changes I think the sport could use. So, thumbs up to that. bunch of changes I did. Like, I like the fact that they have a doubleheader at Pocono. I think that, you know, before mm. two races, within uh, basically less than two months, uh, it's a little much. I think we're I think those Pocono races, even at four hundred mile races, aren't that exciting. But I l- really like the idea of having um, uh, that kind of doubleheader weekend. You know, uh, uh, IndyCar does a great job with it, in uh, at uh, the uh, Grand Isle, or well, not Grand Isle, me, Yeah. Yellow. <laughs> Grand it's Isle, up. down in uh, Vermont. But it was a great time. I can't plan. Uh, So I think that was great as well. You know, uh, of all the other changes, moving Daytona from July 4th to the end of the regular season, I don't love that, but I I like that more than I like them because, you know, uh, of the Homestead move. You want to make Phoenix? I like the races at Phoenix. They're kind of unique. I don't have an issue with them. So if you want to make something closer, okay, that's fine. But not only – at least when they move Daytona from – a race it's always had July fourth weekend to the end of the race. I think it's still gonna be a race with a lot of significance and that's gonna be cool. Um, moving homestead, which as you know, even for a mile and a half, it has the best racing of the mile and a half, I would argue, has given us some really good championship races and championship conclusions and to just move it and I think a lot of people really enjoy it as the the finale. It's a move on just to a random weekend in March, uh, yeah. I didn't, I this don't know. Like exactly. It, that, that's right. So there's, I think there's a lot of good stuff in the schedule. I think there's probably more that I like than I don't like. And, again, I like the idea that they made this big schedule change. And who knows, maybe they'll rotate the finale. Uh, maybe they'll continue to make changes going forward. They've always done that. But all in all, I, I think I like more than I don't like. You know,
1: I, I didn't. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I know the political reasons behind why Phoenix was chosen as the championship race. Um, I don't think it's the best track. I don't. I just say I don't think the reason on the surface. Um, the reason why they did it is because you know ISD put so much money behind it, and it's a, it's a switch up because NASCAR is failing at the West Coast market, so they need something to to to. Basically, at ratings, because if you put something on the West Coast, everyone can watch it. You know, we saw that with the Super Bowl. We've, we've we have seen that with the Super Bowl. Things on the East Coast suck. You and I can attest to that because we live here. Um, but I don't know, Phoenix. Is, it's a bizarre track. I think they just I think they just want to make it so the dog leg, like that last restart, just goes out of control. Enough. I don't think it's the schedule that's wrong. I just think I think it's the racing itself. Uh, the cars themselves. So that, that part does a weird job of ignoring that, as opposed to the schedule. Uh, but I can't wait till next. I can't wait till 2021 when, when hopefully they start cutting races because some of these hat tracks deserve to uh, get their comeuppance. Uh, I'm, I'm selfish and thankful that our race. I think it's funny how they're they're bowing down. They're letting NBC dictate all this. Bowing down to the Olympics. Uh, and ultimately, we we are the race that comes out scot-free because we are the first Sunday after the closing ceremony. So, while well, Michigan gets the closing ceremony, so nobody will watch that race. Um, I love it how now NASCAR is going to more short tracks. You know, because now, now you have Richmond. Yeah, yeah, I believe you have Richmond, Martinsville, and Bristol all in the playoffs. And then, and then Steve O'Donnell was like, more road courses, and yet they didn't add any road courses. They they just have the yeah. oval. So it's it's a it's a lot of like marketing talk, a lot of hacks. You know, it's I I love Daytona as much as the next person, but you basically just kill, you basically just killed about fifty years of tradition. Because the Firecracker Four Hundred, I believe, is what that race was called, and the reason why it was called the Firecracker Four Hundred. Because you guys are there's firecrackers on the fourth of July. Now you just move it. They don't even get Labor Day. You, know, you don't even get a special holiday. You're just a random weekend in August. Um, it makes me mad because Daytona already has enough good things. Now to say you have the uh, the only twenty and I just say you have the Rolex twenty four. You got a Supercross race. You have the Daytona five hundred bike week. Now you have the regular season finale. It's just, it just goes to show that, you know, NASCAR and, and the powers that be only care about certain tracks, but whatever. Um, Night Race at Martinsville I'm looking forward to, just because I was recently there, and I've seen that track with the lights on, so that's cool, as this guy from Purdue just completely lost it, and as my, as my dryer goes off. So it's, it's, uh, it's helter-skelter here in the, in the constant neglect. Um, yeah, I gave gave thumbs up to Martin Still, thumbs up to, um, thumbs up to my mom. Thumbs, uh, thumbs up to Colgate for losing, rightfully so. It's, uh, great, actually, great piece, uh, Donald Foyle was in the house. Former Patriot League Player of the Year and the last great man, last great person to ever step foot out of Colgate. Uh, he was in the mix. Let's see, I have another, I have another couple good, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up this to, uh, we love just complete chaos, uh, especially in Europe. Normally, normally an article I would talk about in Europe is about blatant racism, but this is not. This is just so you know. We talk about the MLS and and like fake rivalries and other sports. Uh, this is what this is what true fandom and and, and passion, pageantry is. Thumbs up to uh, some thumbs, thumbs up to a scenario where a, this was about two weeks ago, a week ago, a fan from, I don't even know what team it was, Watford maybe, or whoever, a fan from the opposing team ran on the field and punched an Aston Villa player, Jack Grelish, in the, in the side of the face. Um, Eighty minutes later, that same player goes on to score the game winner. So, how about that? Thumbs up, thumbs up to just complete lunacy across the pond, and they say we have problems in the United States. Um, what else is it? Oh yeah, thumbs down goes to the Rays. Brandon Snell won the Cy Young, and you only give him a fifteen thousand dollar raise in an era in an era where you give baseball players millions and millions. To give this guy fifteen k is, is is such a slap in the face. Tampa Bay is. Tampa Bay to lose their franchise. We need to move it. We need to move it back to Montreal. We need to get the Expos back in the mix. We need to get. We need to. Because no, nothing, nothing works in Florida. They don't like. They don't like basketball. They don't like soccer. They just love drugs and boats and spring break. Uh, but so thumbs down. Thumbs down to the, to the race. Um uh, Thumbs down to McDonald's and the bacon fries because you've just essentially ruined an iconic classic. We all love McDonald's fries. Again, nobody, these are things that – we used to have a segment on this, didn't we? We used to have a segment of, like, of kill, killing creativity or something like that. Oh, yeah, the FRPD. Yeah, they would, they would be all on this case. <clears throat> the, forensic, the forensic department is off the wall. Uh, no one asks for bacon in their fries. 'Cause it's, it looks like you know, from the commercials it looks like poutine. Which is which is just ridiculous. So, yeah, thumbs down to that. Um oh and then thumbs down to Rolling Stone, uh, off a magazine. Okay okay, uh music reviewers. They they released a cover a couple of weeks ago. This is not long ago. We've we've been off the air. They released a cover with I think it was Nancy Pelosi Octario Cortez and a couple of other, a couple of of the cast of characters and the the, 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 the the new women leaders of the Democratic Party. My thing with that is, I don't care that that there's stories about them because all of them, all of them pretty much got to office in, the, in their own impressive right. It just makes me mad that. The reason why it down is they're they're politicians, but politicians are supposed to, at least from what I learned in school. Now I, I, I'm a journalism major, so I, I didn't do poli sci or I didn't do student council or student government. But I think I think last time I checked, politicians are supposed to be representatives of the people, and supposed to be supposed to work on behalf of others, not themselves. So thumbs down to Rolling Stone for turning these these supposedly should be representatives of the people into these like bonafide rock stars. I, I think that's what gets me mad. It's like if we just let them do their job and make them make the the, the decisions and choices and mistakes, the world wouldn't be so like bent out of shape. But they got people like they got me bent out of shape because I don't want to see them on the cover of magazines unless it's like you know they're all holding hands doing kumbaya. Not I don't care. but well, I don't understand what Rolling Stone has to do with politics. It's like when they put Obama on the cover. It's like, just let the man yeah. work and let him do his job. I don't want to see his ass on the cover or on a talk show. I want to... That, that was the beauty of politics when I was growing up. something down to the media, actually. That was the beauty of politics growing up. Was it used to always be kind of kind of like a mysterious... Not like a mysterious, like we didn't know what they were doing, but mysterious in the fact that we didn't... Like, we knew everything was going to be fine because they get the job done. Now, because there's so many hacks on both sides of the fence, you gotta put every everyone's gotta be put on blast now, and everyone has to be held accountable. And so, putting them on the cover of a magazine is just it's just a, a blatant way to make other people piss, which is why we're in the situation we've been in for the last like decade. So that's my that's my rant. Oh, Also thumbs up to Samsung. Oh, no. My are. aunt and uncle, who were here this past weekend, or two weekends ago. got me a 43-inch full HD TV, um, which is great because now I have the smaller 26-inch that I've had since college, and I don't have a clue where to put it. My thing is, I'm going to put it in my bedroom so and buy another fire stick. So there you go. So the Netflix and show can continue. Uh, any other any other final thoughts um, that we missed that we uh, need to address? All right, um, <laughs> is he gonna is he gonna, have, gonna is he gonna have a big year? Do we miss anything also that we didn't that we should have talked about?
0: I'm trying to think. I don't know if we did. And the one thing
1: I was like, oh,
0: I don't know if we got uh, got in the little NASCAR talk, but we got that in there, which is awesome. Um, I guess now after you mention it, I think we may have to bring back FRPD at some point. Yeah, we
1: gotta rehash them. They've been they've been in remission because <laughs> you know they went to they went to South America and got in trouble with um, some escorts, kind of like the Secret Service. So shame, so
0: shame on them.
1: Uh, and <laughs> they,
0: they will be scolded to the <laughs>
1: to the highest degree. Uh, actually, yeah. Also, shout, shout out to uh, shout out to everyone's favorite hack, Nick Papadis. He's um, working the Sweet 16 games and ran into. And my, my favorite was with him is he, I always get I, I get random texts from him. Mainly, mainly he keeps me posted about his failing love life and his and his failures of certain dates. But apparently, this is everywhere. I want to give a shout out to my thumbs up to myself because I have. Pre- when' watching PCI and and, and my my good friends my ex coworker dan kramer of the u s o c ex uh, former intern with me we uh we basically took uh, pci we normally in this show for fans listening we say the phrase ya boy your girl" a lot
0: now that <laughs> is derivative
1: from the uh the tony kornheiser Wilbonian methods of favor in that the the phrase it's it's good. It's a good or bad. It's a good or bad connotation. So your boy can either be yes, that like that, 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 that's your boy, that's your, that's your buddy, that's your guy, or it could also be someone you hate just for the fact that we love sarcasm on this show. And so we I did that we did that a lot at the USOC. Everywhere I've gone, because I love because I love the show and I love being a pseudo scumbag with with a kind heart of gold. I have brought, to, I have successfully brought that to Watkins Glen and it's fantastic. And American athletics. And it's fantastic because I was, where was I the other day? Oh, ca- ca- every time that clown texts me, he's always saying, I saw your boy, your girl. And I have no context of what he's talking about because I have a million, you boys, you girls. And then, I do want to give a thumbs up because I don't think I think this time next week I'll be pissed drunk uh, at at the lodge, which there's actually a story behind. We we'll actually have to be back radio on a Wednesday because drunken escapades will be going for three days straight. But that um, thumbs up goes to the great the great immortal Cindy Lewis Black, who is uh, as of next Friday is our director of marketing at the Glen. She is going on to work with. Uh, uh, ch- Children's Development in the City of Corning which is, She's doing fundraising and whatnot. So she basically gave her two weeks And a giant middle finger to our VP Whose name I will not say But he is hated by all She uh, was just like She like all of a sudden out of the blue I was in a meeting in her office today And she was like you need to control your girl And I'm like who is my girl What
0: is going on I absolutely love it You know I, 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 this is, It's contagious
1: Because if you say, if you do, it's kind of like, not that that I'm going to compare myself to him, but I'm going to compare myself a little bit to him. It's like President Trump. If you just say something a lot of times, people catch on. You know, Lion Ted. Ted Cruz can, can die tomorrow. That's all everyone will know him as now. Or Elizabeth Warren is Pocahontas. It's like, that's my analogy with your boy and your girl. Every, I got everyone at work saying that now. And it's it's fantastic. Yeah, boy. Like, yeah, they always, like, saw your girl the other day. And I'm like, I'm like, who's my girl? And I'm always like, you got, I was like, so-and-so, so-and-so, your boy. Control your man. So, that'll do it. That's a positive note. We'll be back next, yeah, we'll be back next Wednesday because I don't think I can do it next Thursday because it's uh, her going away party and ex- ex- extended in- in- extended into the air I also have to get back on the social media grind the snapchat and the instas the people need to know what is going on so from all of us I'm Mike Garner this is Finac Radio we have a millennial show hoping the microphone works next week too I'm actually really <laughs> mad about that but until then it's